right, welcome back to Rock Hard Caucus. This is episode number 11. This is a show we do about Iowa politics and other stuff. My name is Justin. I'm the host and producer. I'm joined today by my regular co-hosts, Chuck. Good morning. Natalie. Hello. Evan. Ostensibly about Iowa politics. (laughs) 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 But not really. What would you say it's about other than that? Uh, Carson King. (laughs) We cover many issues, uh, many topical issues that are important to our listeners and to us, who are also our listeners and make up about a quarter of our fan base. (laughs) (laughs) We had 20 listeners and four of them are us. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, it's just a reflection of our various personalities getting mad about, you know, politics and such. Yeah. Well, this week we had a pretty fun week because the subject of one segment of one previous episode of our show, Ray Gun, the t-shirt kiosk. <laughs> <laughs> we got into a little bit of a burn Twitter battle with them the other night. And this started because... Well, actually, Chuck asked in our group chat if Raygun has a shirt about the OK Boomer meme, and they do. (laughs) God. (laughs) They made a shirt that says, this boomer is OK. OK has a little underline on it. There's an exclamation point. They proudly display this shirt on the front page of their website. Uh, There's a boomer-aged white woman wearing the shirt happily. And behind her is sort of a collage of celebrity boomers, including Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> he's had a good week. We like him this week. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's having a good one. Yeah. That was probably my favorite part of this. Like, the t-shirt itself makes my fucking nuts turn inside out because of, like, how hard I'm, like, exhaling when I see it. But all the the accompanying celebrities is probably the best part. Uh <laughs> like interesting selections from them Very as you'll see selections. Yeah. yeah both obamas mark hamill whoopi goldberg oprah winfrey weird al yankovic that's a nice one really i didn't notice how, was- how <laughs> dare they do that to weird al <laughs> uh stephen colbert jackie chan uh, hold on is is weird al a liberal oh of course i mean yeah but he doesn't really express political opinions yeah i mean i think he doesn't get annoying about it the most political thing I recall him doing is like, uh, was it North Carolina that had the bathroom bill a few years ago? Yeah, yeah. A bunch of artists were like boycotting them. He had a show there during that time period, and instead of boycotting, he donated all of the money he made from that show to like a trans oh, that's charity cool. or something. Yeah, that's a better thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> the most important celebrities on this collage. I mean, first of all, all of these people are obscenely wealthy. So <laughs> to say this boomer is okay. Uh, I don't know if I agree. Right. Uh, but one of them is Lucy Liu, who is three years too young to be a boomer. Lucy, what is... Hold on a minute. Yeah, Lucy Liu is... <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> what is she doing these days? Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's a very, like, 2000s pick. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I, I don't know anything that she's been in in the last, like, 10 years. Kill Bill? That's all I can think of well, her yeah, doing I mean, recently. That's, but that's 2000s. She's in Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, she's in all of the Kung Fu Pandas. Oh, God, okay. I don't want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was wrong. So she has uh, long been a champion of marriage equality for gays and lesbians, according to her Wikipedia article, and became a spokeswoman for the Human Rights Campaign in 2011. 
She teamed up with Heinz, the, the ketchup? ketchup company. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. John Kerry's wife. Just listen, listen to this. To, to combat the widespread global health threat of iron deficiency anemia and oh. vitamin and mineral malnutrition among infants and children in the developing world. Well, that's good. Is ketchup, like, rich in iron? Just <laughs> imagine out bottles no, of ketchup to these malnourished children. <laughs> Airdropping ketchup. She's good, and we've determined that she is not a boomer, so... Uh. <laughs> So we can be happy about that, I guess. And I think my favorite inclusion of all on this collage of OK Boomers is Alice Cooper, <laughs> who is rest in peace, a very conservative rock star, and is also <laughs> not very relevant. <laughs> Just yeah, kidding, he's still too. alive. I mean, I, I mean, I guess yeah, he's got a lot of fans, but is he still alive? Yeah, he yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. he like is personal friends with Donald Trump. I remember reading magazine interviews with him in like the early 2000s about how he voted for Bush. <laughs> like totally <laughs> against the whole ray gun aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had Foxhoven on there. <laughs> Ketchup has 0.1 milligrams of iron. <laughs> Solving Damn. global crises. 0.1 milligrams at a time. So they're prescribing just like gallons of ketchup to these kids so they can meet their iron requirements. <laughs> That's so American. It is. <laughs> ketchup is awesome. I have a quick quote here from Alice Cooper regarding Bush. So in uh, 2004, uh, he told the Canadian press that the rock stars campaigning and touring on behalf of Democratic candidate John Kerry were committing, quote, treason against rock and roll. <laughs> That's amazing. He added upon seeing a list of musicians who supported Carrie, if I wasn't already a Bush supporter, I would have immediately switched. Linda Ronstant? Don Healy? Jeez, that's a good reason right there to vote for Bush. Uh, are you kidding me? <laughs> Linda Ronstant owns. <laughs> Not according to him. Wow. Okay, so I got in an argument with someone on Twitter, well, many people on Twitter this week, but one person on, <laughs> on Twitter this week who was saying that I have now turned him off of voting for Bernie because of how mean I was. Yeah, sure. Yeah, first of all, no, I didn't. You were never going to. And second yeah. of all, what relevance does, like, whether people's supporters suck have to do with, like... He's just trying to upset you. Like, <laughs> this person was never voting for Bernie. They never even considered it. Like, <laughs> I, I've noticed that online, not just with you, or in that, in that instance you're talking about. It's just, it's a thing that people say. Like, now you've turned me off. Oh, or, like, yeah. the, I canvassed for Bernie in 2016, but now... It's like, no, you yeah. fucking didn't. Right, yeah. That, those are all fucking lies. Yeah. People who consider themselves liberal don't like being told that they're not as left as they portray themselves you know yeah that's exactly it so i tweeted about the boomer shirt and i tagged Raygun and i made fun of them a little bit but i don't think they really noticed me uh what they did notice however was natalie replying to their tweet <laughs> hard not to notice natalie replying several times <laughs> i replied so many times i'm embarrassed i thought it was so fucking funny at the time but reflecting right now i'm very embarrassed posters regret <laughs> i do have posters yep. regret <laughs> but like someone who works at a multi-million dollar t-shirt company with like five locations and three states spent the mm -hmm. entire day fighting with me on Twitter. 
<laughs> and like I did I basically did advertising for them I'm really embarrassed but I also thought it was extremely funny so you win some you lose some I think uh most people don't care enough about Raygun for them to actually get like any sort of pushback <laughs> so right they probably yeah enjoyed it yeah it's too much attention <laughs> I know it sucks I shouldn't have done it but it was just fucking funny I don't know no it was it was absolutely funny <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one highlight, though, was, Natalie, you asked if they have a union, and uh, they just sort of smarmily replied, have you seen our website? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah, they, they posted a link to their, like, about us or whatever on their website, and it does include the information that they unionized, I think, in 2018, <laughs> so pretty <laughs> recently, um, but that their union does cover uh, all the printers um, and everyone, all the floor staff. Basically, everyone who's not a manager in the company, Raygun, is part of their union. Uh, So I decided to dig a little deeper because I felt like being petty, I guess. So I have two of their products up here. I chose two of them that are the most similar to our podcast name. They have a button that says, rock out with your caucus out. (laughs) Oh, nice. It's a worse version of our podcast name. (laughs) They ripped us off. (laughs) <laughs> our, our name is pretty Raygun friendly, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> it's really Raygun friendly. But makes we you have think. to draw people in somehow. <laughs> so. so on the description for this button, it says here, designed by Raygun and made by Midwest Buttons in Roseville, Michigan. So this is made out of... Out of state? Out of state. Oh, boy. Not in-house. Uh, I sent a message to Midwest Buttons on their Facebook page and asked if they use union labor, and I have not heard back yet. <laughs> yeah, any minute, I'm guessing any that's a no. Now. <laughs> sure the, the person that runs the Midwest Buttons Facebook account should reply <laughs> pretty soon. Just give him some time. And I also pulled up the t-shirt version. Uh, it says, rock out with your caucus out on a t-shirt. The t-shirt is red, white text. The description here says, cut and sewn sweatshop free in Nicaragua. Not possible. <laughs> oh, oh now I feel better. Designed and printed by Union Labor at Raygun, but the shirt itself was cut and sewn sweatshop free in Nicaragua. <laughs> they have a couple fans in there. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah not, they, it's not one of the bad they ones. Three, they have three exits. Yeah, they only work for 11 hours a day instead of 13. <laughs> there are no children. There are no children. The minimum age is actually 12, not 8 years old. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's not a real sweatshop. Yeah, Natalie, don't you have a whole rant about sweatshop free? Yeah, I mean because it's it's fucking fake. They uh, and the way it works for um all the companies who claim that they don't in the 90s there was a big backlash about Nike, right? That they mm-hmm. um had all the, like a bunch of sweatshops over in East Asia. And so what companies started doing now instead is using uh, like a contractor. So they are contracting with all of these different factories. But as soon as one of them gets caught with like people burning up in their like <laughs> in their oh. uh, like workshops, then they'll be like, oh my God, we had no- we're as disappointed as you are. Yeah. We uh-huh. just cannot believe how this <laughs> happened. We are not going to work with this contractor anymore. We promise. And yeah. <laughs> it's like the reason that you like got this outsourcing middleman is so that you can like claim plausible deniability yeah plausible deniability exactly like oh my goodness we are just as shocked as you how dare they how dare they work those eight-year-olds and then just drop and say we're dropping that 
provider. Yep. Problem solved. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. It's like the same idea. Everything is still sweatshops. I mean, that's a lie. That just means that there's they have put an intermediary in there so that they can claim it's sweatshop free. I, of course, uh, am able to completely sidestep that by ordering my counterfeit hockey jerseys directly from the sweatshops <laughs> instead of ordering them from the NHL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're about 100 bucks cheaper. Do you do counterfeit jerseys? Fuck yeah, dude. You know how much dude, a hockey jersey is? If you is? don't do counterfeit jerseys, then you're like a sucker. Yeah, you really are. Honestly. Like, they're, they're basically the same quality. There's like a, a few like very small cosmetic imperfections from time to time, but it's all the same shit. Like I paid 150 bucks for an authentic NHL jersey a couple oh, of years ago. What? I got Yeah, that's how much they cost for the are authentics. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. No, I'm not kidding you. Sucker, like I said. I picked up Scout's jersey yesterday and it was $15. Yeah, well, this is a jersey that's worn like like during a very fast, like violent sport on the ice. It's like on, on national television. Anyways, this thing was 150 bucks. Since then, I have bought five or six different hockey jerseys from Manufacturer Direct, from the companies that make them for the NHL, and they're like 30 bucks a pop. And it comes with all the tags and everything. It has like the, the official like NHL licensed merchandise tags around it and like a tag with like washing information and everything. Like it's the real thing. That's awesome. I guess. <laughs> I mean you're just discounting the branding, right? Like Basically, yeah. I yeah. mean it's they're they're the same thing. Like it's I, I can tell a couple of small differences in like the stitching, but fuck, it's looks good to me. <laughs> no one's gonna know the difference. Mm-mm. I have ordered some Chinese dresses on Amazon that I do not have that. <laughs> they come just looking insane. <laughs> I made the mistake once with like an evening gown and it just was like a bag. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, definitely. <laughs> you can get a dress for like $2.50. And it's the I, I would also not recommend washing anything that you get from one of those websites with your normal clothes just in case. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Anyways, now that we've trivialized, trivialized uh, sweatshop labor. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I thought it might be fun for us to pitch our own ray gun t-shirt designs. So the one that I have in my mind that's been sort of imprinting itself on my brain this past week, it's like an outline of Obama, and it says underneath it, this guy was freaking epic. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was going to say, like, all of the people on their OK Boomer thing are, like, very milk toast choices, but they could have put, like, Cornell West on it, or, like, you know, like, they could have done... None of them know who that is. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, there's plenty of, like, boomers that, like, are actually, like, radical and have, like, good politics that you could put on there. Oh, before I forget this, I I just thought of a good one, too, right? Get this. So, it's Joe Biden in a suit wearing his aviators on a surfboard on a giant blue wave and the text <laughs> underneath it says surfs up <laughs> damn that's the content that people crave hey steve jobs is a boomer oh meryl well, streep there's he's lots de- of people they gone. love better <laughs> how about R. a reagan shirt that just in their font that just says this shirt changes nothing <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our friend and former guest, Stella Hart, uh, suggested one to us just this morning. She envisions a Raygun t-shirt 
it's the same font, but it's sort of like the alternate caps, and it just says Ray Gun Shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like that SpongeBob meme. <laughs> we have to be sure about copyright violations, though. So it'll have to be Ray Gum Shirts. <laughs> Just just levels of irony. Everyone will get it and think it's hilarious. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. People besides us like it and <laughs> think that it is good. I'll do some mock-ups this afternoon and we can we can look them over. We appreciate fan art, please. <laughs> we haven't gotten any, but we appreciate it nonetheless. <laughs> we appreciate all the fan arts that's pouring in. <laughs> All right, have we devoted enough time to our t-shirt oh, beef? absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'm just embarrassed. Like, it was fun as how well it was happening, but, like, they love that. They just love it. One more thing. They did, when you were replying to them, they did say something like, oh, we are just saying the world needs more podcasts. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> podcasts, but have you seen how many snarky t-shirts yeah, there are in the world? Yeah, have t-shirts? <laughs> Way more snarky yeah. t-shirts than podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently there's a market for it. God damn. I'm sure the rent can't be cheap in that spot they're at in Cedar Rapids. Or in Des Moines. Or the Chicago store. Yeah, I mean, this year. I said yeah. out of state, but yeah, they have Kansas City too, I think. And like, yeah. yeah. Yep. Wow. Good for them. Yeah, and their social media person is talking to fucking me all day. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> like, even if it's your brand, like... What the fuck? <laughs> they didn't deny asking for cam girl vids. They did not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I replied Just to them point and, that <laughs> and said, please stop DMing me for cam girl vids if you're going to be so publicly schmarmy. And all they did was send me an emoji. <laughs> they didn't say that they weren't DMing me. And I will, no one will ever know if they were. Well, your DMs are private. So, yeah, we... We definitely won't know. But just like to respond to that at all. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> just some like liberal reply guys, like the person running the account. Just nothing but snark is all that's available. I can't remember what my reply was, but I think I just told him to fuck off. <laughs> I think I kept it pretty blunt. You remember. You said shut and the fuck up. You definitely... <laughs> oh yeah, I told him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> you said, should I reply to this? And we said no. And you said already did. <laughs> <laughs> So at least we have a big beef now, though. Yeah. I'm sorry. I make a lot of posts. I, I forget some of them sometimes. <laughs> but like a mutual beef. Yeah. I hope this is an ongoing feud for the rest of our lives. <laughs> yes. I want to continue talking to... They, their thing's always in all caps. So I see Raygon shirts when I look at it on Twitter. <laughs> I just hope they send us free stuff so I can burn it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I shouldn't have given them so much ammo, but I was also really pissed. And I don't have much going on in my life, so it was funny. <laughs> I don't know. Lies. <laughs> you had some legitimate criticism of them appealing to boomers, but that is their whole business model, so it's yeah. not yeah, like they're going to stop. I mean, I don't really get how saying I this boomer is okay is any different than saying I'm one of the good ones for anything. Like, right. I'm one of the good white people. Yeah. Hashtag not all men. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a t-shirt that says. Not all cops are like Demonstrate this. through your actions <laughs> instead of wearing a fucking t-shirt. No kidding. One of my friends has like a liberal mom who is absolutely wonderful but she's like really really hurt over the okay boomer thing and like 
I don't know, our discourse is so, so stupid. Like, it's just because they can monetize, like, the boomer, okay, boomer thing, and they can't monetize not all whites. But, like, yeah. it's not actually different. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I, I feel sorry for anyone who internalizes, like, these social media I'm memes. You. you know, like... Yeah. We talked about it last week. It's all about the brand. It is. It's all about the brand. Jesus. <laughs> but you have to brand yourself. On, like, even yeah. on your shirt, it has to say what your brand is. What's your personal brand? Yeah sad can't just wear a fucking plain shirt anymore you have to like at every single moment you're walking in the world indicate to others who your personal brand is and and that you're one of the good ones i never wear any shirts that have any sort of graphic or logo on them ever that's good unless it's i own very few t-shirts that don't have something on them (laughs) yeah me too i'll admit it That's just my fashion policy. I'm wearing a DuckTales t-shirt right now. <laughs> hey, I'm actually wearing a, a Street Fight shirt right now. I'm wearing my uh, Lonnie Shoebox shirt. I'm wearing camo pajamas. <laughs> it's a Whoa. big camo onesie. <laughs> yeah. I will wear camo, but I won't wear it. That's almost worse. I know. <laughs> well, it's pajamas. I don't wear in public. I'm wearing a t-shirt that says consent is mandatory, so I am like clearly contributing this. Like, Identity politics. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> virtue I mean, signaling. I'm wearing it on my couch, and I wouldn't go out into the world with that writing, like, writing on me. But one thing that really bothers me is when you buy kids' clothes, it's just, like, a parade of licensed things. And so you have to turn your kid into a fucking billboard. So you're doing advertising for, like, Frozen 2 and, like, <laughs> yeah. Adidas. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But, like, it's really hard to find normal clothes. Oh, I guess I do have some band t-shirts, too, but, like, I feel like that's a little different. A band? Yeah. That is even more personal branding. It is. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, but it's not, like, it's, but it's less corporate, I mean. I mean, depending on the band, (laughs) but, you know. I mean, but it's still the same, It's more, like, like supporting art rather than a uh, corporation or, or you know just doing advertising for some sort of like private equity owned <laughs> <laughs> monstrosity i mean there's no ethical consumption in capitalism that's so true you have nope. to be forgiving to yourself let's go down that rabbit hole <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm back i just had to go change i'm i'm now wearing my t-shirt which is the punisher logo with uh, <laughs> donald trump's haircut and it says exxon mobile on the bottom <laughs> <laughs> Made unironically. <laughs> okay, let's uh, talk about some uh, less important things. Uh, it's been a big week for healthcare policy. The National Nurses United, the big nurses union, endorsed Bernie Sanders this week. Good. Which I think we all expected to happen again, but yeah. it's nice that it did. Uh, nurses seem to be the ones in healthcare that understand uh, the real horror that's going on in our current insurance system. Yeah, you're up close right. to it. Yeah, it's nice to have them uh, on our side politically. Yeah, they also, when you actually call into your doctor's office and like you have some like horrible problem or like some like, you know, immediate question you know you're sort of at your like most desperate that's typically who talks to you and like tries to like comfort you instead of like the doctor actually talking to you i was thinking that the other day how nurses are like the best healthcare providers because they're like the least concerned about the monetary aspect of it and most concerned about like the actual outcomes of health 
I just I liked going to nurse practitioners better too because they seem to have more humility and are more willing to be like oh I'll go ask like let me figure this out and then they do better doctoring yeah yeah like doctors like the salary and that's like the Hippocratic oath is is cool and all but like they're in it for the money more so but like nurses I think are more actually following the Hippocratic oath yeah I see a nurse practitioner for my MS instead of uh, my doctor I only only saw him like a couple of times when I first was going but then like she took it over and uh, she has been very flexible with me and like me wanting to sort of take the reins in like my own sort of treatment whereas when I experienced uh, the same kind of interaction with my doctor his was more like very like rigid you should do this you should do this we're going to try this. We're going to do this. It wasn't like, you know, well, what do you think? Like, what's working for you? Which, you know, was very refreshing to have that. Yeah, absolutely. They'll have, like, doctors will say snarky shit that's like, they're always, like, when I say to doctors, like, when I was looking on Google, they're like, bah, 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 bah. And it's like <laughs> no, like, fuck you. Like, you have the entire planet's worth of information at your fingertips, and I'm trying to find out if I should drop a hundred dollars on coming in to see you yeah I can research and find out stuff and like there's just no sense of like humility at all no or that a patient might know more about their story than he does or she Ooh, damn we'll have to mm. cut that part out <laughs> leave it <laughs> in. Bleep, bleep that out please <laughs> leave it in the doctor was a woman <laughs> I wasn't saying that women can't be doctors Jesus <laughs> that's my mother-in-law who says you should go to a woman doctor because they have periods <laughs> A very nice orthopedic surgeon fixed my arm and she was a woman, so. (laughs) (laughs) She also says women shouldn't fly planes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, she's right. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Because they have periods and they might get emotional. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) You know, uh, men did 9-11, so let that sink in. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Uh, So I don't think we've talked about this, like, at all on the show, but, uh, Chuck, what is MS? Uh, MS is multiple sclerosis. I'll give you the short version. There's a couple different kinds, and it's just like different severities. Uh, at the lowest, there's clinically isolated syndrome, which is a one-time flare-up of MS-like symptoms that goes away over time. Uh, what I have is known as relapsing remitting, which is uh, your body does damage to you over a period of time, and then it will stop, but the damage is still there. Th- there's the chance of it sort of becoming active again. Uh, my particular type is considered to be dormant. And I'm considered to be in remission. Damage can heal, but it takes a very long time and it requires you to do some very specific dietary changes and lifestyle changes, which I've sort of done, like have embraced <laughs> them. And then there's primary progressive, which is what most people get. And primary progressive is just your body continues to do damage to itself. When I say do damage, I mean that something goes on the fritz with your immune system that causes your white blood cells to attack a lining uh, around nerves in your body called myelin, I believe. Myelin. Yeah, it basically acts as a sheath to protect your nerves, and uh, it starts to eat away at that, and then eventually starts to eat away at the nerves underneath. And it shows up in the form of what are called lesions, which, you know, it's a very common word, but in MS terminology, it's areas where there's damage. So most people have a bunch of them in their brain in different areas, which is why a lot of people experience cognitive problems, uh, speech problems, uh, just balance issues, just anything up there. Think of it like an old house and with like old wiring and there's like a misfire somewhere and it causes problems down the chain. That's sort of like mm-hmm. what you could think about. And then you've also given your spinal column, which is um, when you see people that have issues walking, like loss of function, bladder control problems, it's usually due to one in the spine. So I have one that's a pretty decent size that's in like the middle of my back that's that's when they sort of are watching and then I've got 
probably 20 or 30 in my brain, I want to say. But good news, though, is when I was initially diagnosed back in 2015, and I'm pretty sure that I'd had it for a couple of years because I'd experienced some pretty weird symptoms prior to that, but it was nothing that was sustained. But I was feeling really, really horrible, like all the time. Like I constantly felt hungover every day. So maybe even more so than I already was. Uh, I felt like <laughs> I felt like dizzy and like tired all the time. Like I couldn't focus on anything. Like I'd be driving and like I'd feel like I have to pull over because like I can't focus on what I'm doing. I remember I had one moment where I realized something was really wrong. I was actually playing Borderlands 2 on my Xbox. <laughs> And I was trying to like read something on the screen and like I couldn't keep my eyes in focus and I just had to stop reading it. And uh, I went to the doctor not long after. I went to urgent care and they referred me to my neurologist and I've just been you know undergoing treatment ever since. So I don't know if you're familiar with what ALS is. MS is basically a kind of a non-fatal version of ALS, I think is one way to look at it that's less aggressive, but it's similar in how your body sort of turns on itself. Right. How does it affect you like now? Now that you've been through treatment for a while. It's hard to say. Some stuff I've just gotten used to and I've just sort of like accepted it as problems I'm going to have for the rest of my life. My energy levels are a lot lower than they used to be. Uh, I used to get out of bed like a rocket ship every day. I'd work every day. I'd play at least a round of disc golf every single day. I'd go out boozing with my buddies most nights and I was just fine. And I could just do this for days on end, just weeks you know, energy is one thing, like it's caused some mood problems. Like, I get these mood swings from it sometimes. Um, like I have problems focusing sometimes, but it's all really dependent on outside factors. So the biggest triggers for MS symptoms, uh, stress is the primary one. The more stress you put yourself under, and I think this goes for all autoimmune diseases, the more mm -hmm. stress you're under, the worse your symptoms are going to be. The worse you're eating, like the more dirty shit that you eat, the worse you're going to typically feel. And sleep is also pretty big too. Like the less quality sleep you're getting, the worse you're going to feel. So you got all these different factors to compound into how severe your permanent symptoms are going to be. So when you get diagnosed with mm -hmm. something like this, the doctor wants you to look out for new symptoms because basically you're acknowledging that, okay, this damage has been done. You know, it, it, it can get better over time, which according to my last scans I had a year and a half ago, was when they declared me to be in remission and that some of the damage was actually beginning to heal itself and some of the lesions were shrinking, which is fantastic news because, fuck, I was not taking good care of myself. <laughs> I was fucking shocked. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was very surprised. Like, yeah, so it's it all kind of depends on, on those factors. And it's just the, the worsening of what you're already experiencing is sort of what you get with your symptoms. And I definitely do feel better than I did when I very first got diagnosed. I could definitely still be feeling even better had I the discipline to like eat like a, like a paleo diet and like work out every day. Uh, and, you know, like not stay up and play the outer worlds until two in the morning every night. I'd probably, I'd probably be feeling better. But as long as I'm not really doing new damage to myself and it's everything's still squared away, then I'm not super concerned, but my prognosis is pretty good, and I do feel very fortunate because I'm in a, right. I'm kind of in a low percentage of people that have uh, relapsing or remitting, and it just kind of like put the brakes on it, which hopefully continues. Like I'm still in the scope of my life, I'm still pretty early into this sort of journey that I've got, but you know I'm mostly optimistic about it. Like of course there's plenty to worry about. Like you get this fucking time bomb that's in your body, you feel like sometimes, or it's like a like a volcano is kind of what I described it to my therapist when him and I were talking about it like about a year after my diagnosis was I feel like I've got this like 
active volcano bubbling inside of me. And sometimes, someday, it's just going to like, it's going to erupt. Some magma is going to come to the surface and going to fucking burn me. But I mean, you don't know. So the best you can do is just, uh, you know, do what you want and, you know, try to take care of yourself along the way. Yeah. So if you are comfortable sharing this information, how much do you spend on health insurance? (laughs) (laughs) The real question. Okay. So let me back up a bit. The the ACA is obviously a very much a half measure, but it did expand Medicare and Medicaid. So uh, and one thing that it did include was that companies do have to cover you if you have a pre-existing condition, mm-hmm. which is very good because in the past, I'd probably be fucked and they'd be like, yeah. no way we're taking you on, you know? So were you covered when you were first diagnosed with this? When I was diagnosed, I was 25 and I was still on my mother's insurance. Uh, through her workplace. But then when I turned 26, I had to get new insurance that year, I want to say. Yeah, I was covered when I was diagnosed. But then when I had to go get my own plan uh, through the marketplace, there were no questions asked about it. All they ask you is if you're a smoker or not. And like how old you are, like that's what they do to group you up. Essentially, I'm I'm kind of lucky. So the medication that I take is called Tecfidera. It's produced by a company called Biogen, and it's dimethyl fumarate, I believe, is what it actually is. The cheapest that I could find it was a Canadian pharmacy online, and for sixty capsules, which is a one month supply, it's right about thirty six hundred dollars. Here in the United States, if you were to purchase medication without insurance, it would cost you close to eight or nine thousand dollars a bottle. I think it might be down now. When I was first diagnosed, it was about that expensive, and now it's like down like the five to six thousand dollars range, which nobody has. Like nobody fucking has that. And how long does a bottle last? A month. This is a for a month okay. supply. So Yeah, yeah. Jesus fucking. Yeah, Christ any God. normal person this would completely bankrupt, but of course, we have these insurance plans and, you know, you're looking around at them and you find one that's like, hey, for this insurance plan, my medication will only be $500 a month. Oh, but wait, the premium is almost $600 a month. And in order to get my prescription filled, I have to pay my deductible, which is $1,200. You end up kind of getting fucked either way, depending on who you've got. I will say, though, that I'm been very fortunate. The company that I get my insurance through is the only option in Iowa or was the only option in Iowa back when I signed up for it. And their specialty medication copay is $500, right? Which I very fortunately don't pay any of because the manufacturer of this medication has a $0 copay program, which you often see with these extremely expensive medications where they cover your copay up to a certain amount per year. And for me, the amount they can cover it per year, I believe is um, like ten up to 10,000, I want to say, up to 12,000, which, which covers it. They're also, you know, you're making fucking shitloads of money off of it from the fucking pharmacies that are buying this shit up to, to resell it. So like them spending a fucking couple grand here and there to like keep that medication out there and keep people on this and, you know, have basically test subjects out there so they can tout the effectiveness of their medication uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. make new commercials yeah. about it is it pays for itself for these people. Um, mm-hmm. I remember reading that, what was it, last year, Biogen cleared $750 million in profit off of just Tecfidera, which, Jesus you know, Christ. I'm glad because uh, if I wasn't on this medication, I very well could be just ripping food right out of their CEO's children's mouths and like oh my basically yeah. basically shutting their lights off and like you know, depriving <laughs> That's them of water. That's what we really need to think about. Yeah. So I'm happy that they're doing their thing. So like it's kind of a bittersweet for me because I don't have to pay anything, but there also are plenty of people that do that are getting racked for this and you've got people that are just lying in their pockets over it. And 
one more thing I mentioned earlier, the actual active ingredient that makes Tecfidera what it is, was originally used to keep furniture from molding on long boat rides from China. And uh, they used to manufacture it by the train load. Like there'd be literal trains full of this shit moving around the world to be used to like keep furniture from rotting. And now it's been synthesized into a pill that, you know, costs roughly what, 700 bucks a pill. <laughs> right. So they were fine Insane. just throwing it around to protect furniture, but not human yeah. beings. Yeah. Clearly our economic system makes sense. <laughs> right. That's exactly what prep is like. I used to work with patients at Shan's Sharenthood who uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> who would want to get on prep and they had exactly the same thing where they would do this like copay discount program so that people will be on it and will use it. Like a bottle of prep for a month cost $2,000 and it was developed entirely using government money. <laughs> No, it is. And I know. It's funny to back me. Back around and selling it to you, like the government develops these drugs yeah, for absolutely. something like HIV prevention or fucking insulin, and yeah. then they turn around and sell it back to the people after they already paid for its development. It's absolutely disgusting and predatory. Yeah, yeah. And then the people pay for to buy it back. So that then they can do it and like distribute in the HIV prevention programs that they'll do in like quote unquote high risk areas of the country. So like we paid for these drugs mm-hmm. and Absolutely. then we pay for them again and then again. People will try to make the case. It's like, well, your medication is expensive. Like think about all the, the R&D that went into it. Yeah. <laughs> That's done with fucking government grants. Like the fucking government gives these yeah. companies money to fucking make this shit. Yeah. There's no way that the $750 million they made in one year alone doesn't fucking cover the R&D for this drug. Like, I refuse to believe that. That should more than cover it. Right. And that's not what they... They don't care about pouring money into R&D. They care about making profits based on their fucking copywritten technology. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's sick. So, uh... I mean, we all we all know what Medicare for all means. Uh, we all know that it's necessary to uh, change the equation, make this less of a system where profit is driven by the suffering of people like Chuck with chronic illnesses, etc. Um, would would you guys agree? I mean, taking it any sort of like voting strategic sort of context out of it, do you agree Elizabeth Warren is probably the second most progressive candidate for president? <laughs> Um, Not anymore. After Andrew Yang, but yes. Okay, okay. No, uh, <laughs> she's probably probably number two, I guess. I would say Ace Watkins is clearly <laughs> yeah. above her as far as being progressive goes. Uh, Ace Watkins supports shorter work days. He supports <laughs> mandatory paid time off. Uh, employers have to provide. Uh, he... Um, <laughs> I don't know the fuck else <laughs> I don't have anything else. <laughs> well, here's something that we all learned about Elizabeth Warren's healthcare plan this week. This is uh, just a quick summary from AP Politics. Elizabeth Warren says that if elected president, she will work to pass a Medicare for All plan by her third year in office rather than immediately pushing for it. That's a significant step away from a proposal she spent months championing. Well, you see, what works best is if you wait until after losing in the midterms, if you don't actually want to enact a policy and you just want to be able to blame the other side. This is ridiculous. 
I, I'm so mad about it because the main thing, like the first thing is like, you do not need to be negotiating this shit right now during a Democratic no primary. Like we're worried about a hostile Congress in advance of like, there's no way that Medicare Act for All actually gets passed under this, <laughs> this fucking no, plan. No, out of this, these not. circumstances. And it's giving her ammunition or it's giving her cover when it doesn't. <laughs> that exactly. It, it's ridiculous to be negotiating with fucking Republicans during a Democratic primary. It's a recipe for fucking failure. That's what I told the Warren's, Warren staffer I spoke to yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't been very kind to their staffers recently. Oh, I was kind. I was just like, now is not the time. Like, we'll cross that road when we get there or that bridge or whatever. But like, the thing is, like, Medicare for all, if you understand that obviously healthcare is a human necessity like everyone will need health care at some point it's outside mm-hmm. of your control for the most part no matter how good you eat how much how much you exercise you're still at risk because of genetics to develop some sort of chronic illness or or worse or have an Fast. injury right exactly injuries can happen to fucking anybody Right. Fall off a roof. So one, if you accept that, and then two, if you understand how insurance works (laughs) and how we can lower the cost of any one um, medical, you know, expense by sharing the risk among a group of people. I ain't sharing the risk with people that don't work. It's just spreading the risk out, (laughs) which is already how private insurance companies operate, by the way. You're still paying for other people's (laughs) shit by your insurance premiums. That's how it works. But then you're also paying for people's profits. But if you understand that that's how you get the cheapest insurance coverage then medicare for all is it follows 100% logically that that is and obviously that's how every other developed country in the world for the most part uses their health insurance industry to to negotiate away from that point even when it's like obviously what we need it's going to be difficult as hell to get it through but like to back away from it now and to negotiate it away is is insane to me and it's just more elizabeth warren self-inflicted wounds trying to please everyone trying to have it both ways and hopefully alienating everyone (laughs) if you are a warren supporter who believes in the concept of medicare for all like i just explained you should then you have no reason to still be supporting her at this point Mm -hmm. yeah this is like a, a massive disappointment but also she's just widened the gulf further between her and bernie so the choice is fucking obvious yes it's it's so disappointing. And we knew it was coming, too. The, the yeah, left people did. have been saying this for a long time, that she was going to back away. And, uh, you know, pe- I wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt, because obviously she realizes how popular of an actual policy it is, because she's stuck with it this long in the face of opposition. But then to fucking give a handout to the opposition in advance. All you have to do is win the midterms, and then I won't do this at all, I promise. It's bad. Jesus Christ. If she wins, imagine how far to the right she's going to pivot as soon as the primaries are over. It's disgusting. I'm excited. She's already doing it. God damn. She gets her feelings hurt so easily, too. This is supposed to be about healthcare and not Elizabeth Warren, but I'm just really, really angry this week. Like, you're so bad at this. None of this had to happen. She has bad political instincts. She wants to explain every little thing that someone disagrees with her about to try to, like, make them like her. And it's just, like, it's counterproductive. Like, there's no way. Even the centrists are mad. Like, the Pete Buttigieg people are saying that she stole the public option from him. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. Because, yeah. (laughs) They totally are. (laughs) I mean. It's amazing. (laughs) At least Obama waited to take the public option off the table. (laughs) Right. He didn't take it off right away. 
and if you compare what she's proposing here with Obama, like it's even worse. Because he, I mean, they got to work on Obamacare pretty much right away. They got something passed in his, like, before the midterms, and it still sucked ass. Yeah. She's delaying that for after Congress will definitely be more hostile towards her. And Obama negotiated with the Republicans to take away the uh, public option over the heads of, like, the House Democrats, and they were not happy about it if you guys recall. I mean, that was a long-ass time ago. Like, if we fall for this again, we kind of deserve what we fucking get. You know what I mean? Like, how yeah. Like how can we fall for this again? And people are. I know. Just slobbering it right back up. Like, don't you remember? It, even Pete Buttigieg is saying, like, oh, Medicare for all should be the goal. Oh, fuck off, dude. <laughs> it's like... If you think that someone like Pete Buttigieg <laughs> and not Bernie Sanders is what gets fucking universal health care in this country, then you are, I'm sorry, an easy oh, yeah. mark. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you're one of the people watching pro wrestling, which is what politics is, and you think it's real. It is real. <laughs> we've, we've covered this. It is real. <laughs> okay, this week I saw him say we are going to create a, quote, Medicare for all environment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, what does it mean? Is, does he define that at all? I don't think he does. No! Is he talking about like establishing like some sort of think tank where it's literally just going to be a couple of dudes sitting around and thinking about how awesome it would be? And he says, we're working on it. We have our best people working on it. We're going to come up with a plan. Clearly, this is the way that you have, you know, even like Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg are the ones saying that we need an active group of people to pressure us into doing, you know, making this happen. And it's like, so this is how you inspire people, like taking the middle of the road option every fucking time, triangulating every fucking position so that you can potentially get quote unquote moderate Republicans to join. Give me a fucking break. That's not how progress happens. They're fake. Stop. Like, there are no swing voters. There are no moderate Republicans. It's fucking fake. Yeah, we're, like, pa- we're passionate about this for a reason, because it's a fucking life or death thing. <laughs> and, like, yeah. you're willing to fucking negotiate that immediately. Like, it's a Democratic <laughs> primary. There's no reason to do this other than to, I guess, handicap your own campaign. So good, good job. Killing it. <laughs> Doing a really great job there. Um, I Do you, like, the argument that Pete and her have, like, first of all, she kind of did steal Pete's argument. Yeah. That, <laughs> like, that's kind of true, which is that once people experience a public option, the people will be clamoring for Medicare for all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's so stupid. Yeah. First of all, because they already are clamoring for right. dramatic change. We already are, because <laughs> Medicare already exists. Like, <laughs> yeah. we've already skipped that step. There already is a quote-unquote public option. It's just not, I mean, it's less of an option. Medicare already exists. We know how it works. We like it. We want it for <laughs> everybody. We're already at that point. Well, uh, the first step of Warren's plan does involve lowering the Medicare for all age, or Medicare age to 50, I think. So. Oh, nice, dude. Oh. Good. <laughs> Which is also Incredible. what Bernie Sanders' plan does, Bernie's too. Bernie's incrementally done, though. It, like, it, there's already, like, it's already built into Medicare yeah. for all. Like, like, he, he's not that stopping it's gonna there, be, though. It's not going to happen instantly, you know? Like, everyone acknowledges this. I acknowledge that, like, it's going to be obviously debated, you know, if, if Bernie or Elizabeth Warren become president. Like, it's going to be debated. It's going to be, you know, there's going to be arguments over the specifics of it, of course. But, like, you don't fucking do it. You don't negotiate yourselves out of your strongest fucking position. Yeah. <laughs> like, before the Iowa caucuses even before, start and yeah. without being asked. 
it's right. It's you're trying to win over centrists, which is a waste of fucking time. And that was proven in 2016. It's a waste of time. They already have Pete. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and Biden, I guess we forgot about Biden. So did everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even Bernie will have a tough time getting Medicare for all through, but he. I don't know. He's being honest about it. Like, it's going to take a massive uprising. People are going to have to, like, take to the streets and yell at people in opposition to it. I mean, that's his whole thing that he says, right? It's like when he was asked in that interview, um, how are you going to make John Tester, Joe Manchin vote for this? And he was like, I'm going to go to their states and I'm going to make their people fucking hate them. And I was just (laughs) like, that's so amazing. And I love it. He didn't say that, obviously. He said, I'm going to (laughs) go. That's I'm gonna go what, through, what we heard. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. But saying, like, I'm going to go rally working people in West Virginia. I mean, basically means you're going to go whip them up to, like, tell <laughs> tell Joe Manchin to go fuck himself, which rocks. Yeah. And, like, that will happen <laughs> like i that will work yeah and that's actually what threatens these people yeah. D- physical demonstrations of utter disgust <laughs> with the status quo which is like we already should be there i mean we, we kind of are but like bernie is about actually mobilizing these people and warren is about making compromises with the rich <laughs> so that we can somehow s- sneak through like a half-ass bill <laughs> like come on <laughs> yeah listen if you make lots of rules these people will follow them (laughs) so all you have to do is make many many rules and like look (laughs) i know not everyone agrees with us we're on the far left quote unquote but we need a voice that actually goes for the full fucking (laughs) thing you know we have the moral high ground yeah exactly absolutely All right, so we've got two clear choices. Uh, Bernie will actually fight for the things we need immediately and incorporating a mass movement of people to do so. Warren will lay out a plan that will take longer than if she happened to win two terms, and it will die. Right. However, we do have a third choice. Let me tell you about it. I have an (laughs) article in front of me. The title is Kamala Harris's healthcare plan is what you're looking for. All right, guys. See you next week. All right, so this was written by Sue Dvorsky. It was originally published on the Iowa Starting Line website. I did, however, see that this was reprinted in a couple of small papers around the state. I believe I saw this in the Pella newspaper and the Knoxville paper. Uh, If you're listening to this show and you uh, spend any time reading the tiny local papers and you see anything that you think we should talk about on the show, please send it to us. Yes. I'm sure there's lots of content to be mined. (laughs) Yeah. I've spent a little bit of time like searching around online trying to dig into these small papers, but if you are more familiar with them, you they're send the most them to us, boring please. shit ever. Small town newspapers, yeah. But... Well, and half of it is Associated Press articles, like letters to the yeah. editor type shit, or yeah, like the only thing you're gonna find in those small town newspapers are articles that's like about the local ice cream parlor, and it's like <laughs> uh, Jim's ice cream. Forty years of bringing smiles to our community. <laughs> It's like two and a half pages long. It's like how he was in the army and how he, you know, lost his son and blah, 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 blah. Uh, So a little bit of background on the author of this column, uh, Sue Dvorsky. She was the former Iowa Democratic Party chair. Her husband, Bob Dvorsky, he was a state senator until uh, this year. Mm He, uh, let me check, 37th district, uh, which is where I live. He was my state senator until recently. 
and his successor was Zach Walls. Basically a hand-picked successor. <laughs> <laughs> he gave a speech. He gave a speech. It was a good speech. Yeah, he, he gained some fame for, I believe, in like 2010 or so. Around then, uh, he gave a speech to the state senate or something about his... Uh, his parents, he was raised by two women. So he was, he gave a speech in support of uh, gay marriage and gay adoption. It was very good. Everyone knows who he is because of that. I will say in 2016, he was a big Hillary delegate and uh, he has endorsed Elizabeth Warren for this cycle. Take that information <laughs> yeah. as you will <laughs> to determine his politics. Uh, and I, I met the Dvorskis back in the 2016 election. Uh, on caucus night they were there as precinct captains for hillary clinton i was there as the precinct captain for bernie sanders uh we blew them out of the water in my precinct i think like i think like two to one (laughs) there were like 300 ish people that showed up and 200 of them were for bernie i made a big impression on them i think however every time i've seen them since no recognition at all so (laughs) (laughs) either they forgot about me immediately or they hate me that much probably the latter (laughs) all right so in this election sue dvorsky has endorsed kamala harris Uh, i think she has really definitely uh hitched her wagon to the correct horse (laughs) yeah uh, as evidenced by things are going great (laughs) yeah (laughs) hey i mean i think she's due for a resurgence she, she might be able to capitalize on this Elizabeth Warren shit. Let's hear about her health plan. <laughs> All right. So here's what Sue has to say about Kamala Harris's health care plan. 30 million people in this country don't have access to health care. And the rest of us? Too many Americans have such inadequate plans, they can barely afford to take their kids or parents to see a doctor. So far, so good. Agreed. <laughs> I remember the hope we felt electing Barack Obama and how we took the first step towards the promise of expanded health care right here in Iowa. For so many of us, it wasn't just the change in leadership we were hoping for. It was the change to our health care system we'd all been working for. President Obama had big ideas, like a public option to get everyone covered. (laughs) (laughs) And before that, single player, but I guess we'll we'll just forget about that, too. We'll skip that one, yeah. (laughs) A public option to get everyone covered because he believed that health care is a fundamental right. And we got pretty far, but we didn't get as far as we needed to. Uh, I don't know if we got pretty far. We made progress. We cracked the door to let some of the stink out. Yeah. (laughs) That is one of the greatest failures of our generation. Ding, ding, ding. That we have left people behind and even claim to call people covered when they cannot afford their care. Yeah. Good point. Good point. So far, pretty good article, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Let's wrap it up there. See you guys next week. <laughs> in a historic field of candidates that has spent debate after debate picking apart all the ideas in the Democratic Party, Kamala Harris has the standout health care plan that takes Iowans' concerns into consideration. I know because we were there with all of you for the first six months of this election, waiting for a better option. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Waiting for a better option than Colm? Oh, she was one of the first ones to announce. (laughs) Okay, so this is the order of announcements here. She says, uh, the first six months of this election. Okay. Uh, First announcement was John Delaney in July 28th of 2017. I love that. Oh, boy. Let's see. I love that so much. Next up was Yang, November of 2017. Uh, then Tulsi and... Oh, wait, no. no. Nobody announced in 2018. So if we're talking about the first six months of this election, we're just talking about John <laughs> Delaney and Andrew Yang. <laughs> the clear front runners. 
<laughs> uh, and then, you know, basically everybody announced around like January and February of 2019. So she was waiting for a better option and settled on one of the first people to announce. <laughs> <laughs> Made a lasting impression. Not a great endorsement there, but <laughs> we'll keep going. Uh, while most Democrats are united behind the belief that we must get to universal care that is affordable for each and every one of us, so many of us were concerned about what that would look like and if it would be realistic. <sighs> oh, boy. It's realistic in every other country that has a similar system. Yes, but know? they're not they're not America, okay? Oh, yeah, America like, is different. larger different geographically. Here. Yeah. I saw someone richer. say that it was... Yes, and that we have more races of people. Something I saw. Yeah, it's just, things are just oh different God. here. Because Sweden, Sweden is too white, so it's harmonious. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, that's a big, big old big brain take for sure. Yeah, there are challenges in getting rural access to healthcare, but like we also have Canada to our north, which is like more rural than we are. <laughs> yeah, like... but you have to wait months to see a doctor in yeah. Canada. You'll die waiting for a well, doctor. Well, what is in the Canada. state of rural healthcare right now? Like, great. Uh, don't think so. <laughs> Kamala Harris brought us the answer. Kamala's Medicare for All plan strikes the balance we need. Balance. <laughs> there is no balance it's whatever it's that means black and yeah. white it's either yeah. there is medicare for all or there's not there's no like there's no room for any compromise in the middle there right what are we balancing the needs of uh people who are going to die if they don't get health care or people who want to profit off of whether they die or not that's the balance we need to strike here <laughs> who's really to say what's fair and what's not in that situation folks let's be honest <sighs> We have to protect everyone's interests. <laughs> Kamala listened. She heard from people in every corner of this country about so-called coverage they couldn't afford to use. A woman in Iowa putting off her knee replacement because her deductible was too high. Or mothers sitting outside an emergency room just in case their child's fever got any worse. Kamala's Medicare for All plan eliminate, eliminates co-pays and deductibles, covers those with pre-existing conditions, and importantly, expands Medicare coverage for not just our seniors, but everyone, to include vision, dental, and hearing aids. That's admirable. So does actual Medicare for All. Yeah, it's cool that we get to buy special insurance to cover bones in our face and to cover uh, our eyeballs as well. <laughs> you know... <laughs> Which are completely independent from the Yeah, they are. We forgot sentient. about our gums. Oh, yeah, also our gums different. as well. I believe it's pronounced gooms, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Kamala listened. Iowans told Kamala they wanted everyone to have care, but that they really wanted to keep their choice between a private and a public option. No one has ever said that. Uh, Who said that? Uh, I know that there are a lot of, or I don't, wouldn't I say a lot of. That. Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> Medicare for all who want it. I, I feel like there is a segment of certain wealthy folks who don't like the idea of Medicare for all because they don't like the idea of the poor's getting the same shit as the rest of us. Yes. It's 100% true. That's, exactly. Yeah. They want to have, they need to have the too. platinum ultra healthcare tier uh, in order to make themselves feel special and distinguished. They're snowflakes. Really, though, Basically. like. The same argument with free college, right? Like, well, if anyone can get it, then it's not special anymore. What about uh, the college there's still I had to pay private for? Private colleges that yeah. it will not, Bernie's plan does not pay for. <laughs> like, it's the fucking, you it's the boomer trolley problem. Pete Buttigieg can still go to Harvard. It's not a problem. It's the trolley problem, except for the trolley has already killed many people, 
and you have the choice to divert the trolley to a track that won't kill any more people or the track that, you know, is going to keep killing people. But you're not sure because how would that be fair to the people that have already been, have already been run over by the trolley? <laughs> it's not, folks. <laughs> you're doing the Joel Curtinitis right now, by the way. Polio vaccine isn't fair because there are people you're... that died from polio. <laughs> You're just taking the trolley situation or the trolley problem and applying it to situations that are not the trolley problem. <laughs> exactly. That's why Kamala designed her plan to let people choose what fits best for their family. Unlike other Medicare for all proposals in the field. Okay, you know what fits the best for my family? Staying alive. Yes, that's <laughs> ideal. But yeah, no. no one who yeah, no one wants a choice. <laughs> like we have to make sacrifices. One size does fit all when taking into account. I want to continue living. Yeah. I'd like to be able to monitor my disease without going bankrupt. Everyone needs healthcare. No one wants to choose shittier healthcare because they're poorer. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not a fucking choice for the majority of people. Of course, Kamala would hold private insurers accountable by demanding that they have to compete and follow strict rules that put people over profit. Oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> it's not a fucking competition. Can you put people over profit? If you have private insurers. No. No. <laughs> Damn. No, because that is the point of a private insurer. Their point is to make a profit while also providing health care. But the first part comes first. <laughs> like It's literally required that they put making money for their shareholder mm -hmm. holders as the most important thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what it's about. That's what having a fucking private business is about. Kamala listened. That is the third paragraph in a row, starting with the... The sentence Kamala listened. <laughs> oh, it's poetic. It is poetic. I love it. I love writing. Yep. I love to read things, too, <laughs> more than writing. <laughs> she recognizes that our brothers and sisters in labor worked hard to negotiate their contracts, giving up higher wages oh in order God. to get better health care coverage. Other candidates in this field support a Medicare for All policy that would force all Americans to transition in four years, far short of those union contract expirations. Um. Let's uh, post a list of the unions that have already endorsed Medicare for All and single payer specifically, because it's a lot of them because unions don't actually want to negotiate lower pay in exchange for a better health care plan. They want it to be fucking covered and then they can negotiate for the pay without right. yes. having to negotiate for the health care part of it because it's already fucking covered. Like, this is fucking not that hard. Yeah. I mean, she's very clearly laying out that employers still have leverage over you because of your health care. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like no one wants that. Yeah. We want the only people who want that are because they're scared of if any sort of change to what they already have. But it's like your private healthcare, or at least for me, it changes every fucking year. Different options. Like yeah. there's no stability in any way. Like Oh god, tell me about it, dude. It's, like, you're up to the whims of the like whatever HR department yeah. you're. <laughs> dude, I, that's the same thing with the marketplace. Like you were in here when I was like I was literally trying to sign up for my plan next year before we were recording the show. And like I filled out my application, I sent it through, and then it like threw an error and I was like uh, okay. So, like, I went back and did it again, and it gave me a different error. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, like, I guess we'll just find out. Like, hopefully it went through. We'll see if I get a, a new card in the mail here in the next couple of weeks. And then, like, I went to look at the my page, and it was like, your application is pending. It's like, okay, so it did go through? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I just checked a couple of days ago, and it, it did say complete, so... And that's one thing I do want to touch on. The actual navigation of the healthcare marketplace, if you are someone who doesn't have a lot of technological literacy where you don't really know how to use a computer and like how to like 
game a kind of shitty website to make it work and understand how it functions, uh, mm-hmm. you're going to have a fucking hell of a time with that page. Like, if you're like an old person trying to sign mm-hmm. up for it or, you know, someone that doesn't, like, they're a library using a computer because, you know, that's the only time they've ever really used one is in school or whatever. So, like, and it's yeah. impossible on mobile, that's for sure. And has it been better under the Trump administration? The site's a bit slower. <laughs> <laughs> like, it hasn't gotten any better. The one thing he did do, besides eliminating the individual mandate, was he cut the enrollment period down to uh, October 31st through December 15th, I believe. And they cut the ad budget for it big time. I used to hear ads on the radio for it, and I'd see ads on Facebook and stuff. But, like, they have just fucking nuked the marketing department letting people know hey it's time to sign up again Mm -hmm. that sucks yeah i haven't seen one of those in forever and there's a reason yeah well kamala's plan would let everyone without affordable insurance to get covered starting on day one but give those with insurance up to 10 years to transition so labor negotiations can take into account this new reality and families can make the move when it fits their life cycle changes (laughs) does that mean what is a life cycle change? Is that like when you remove from your cocoon and like you have yeah, you burst forth from your when you're a pupit? I also <laughs> love the idea of any president doing like kind a of healthcare cicada. Uh, we're gonna do a ten year plan. Yeah, it's like that's great. you get maximum eight years, and then <laughs> like look at what happened to Obamacare. <laughs> like I have, I have a fucking theory with that dude because Warren said that too. Though that's a yeah, ten, I know ten year plan. It's like yes, what's going to happen is. You're going to spend eight years if you get elected twice doing nothing. And then, you know, when your term ends, it's just going to be used as a case for like, well, see, it just can't get done. You know, it's just not possible. Right. Time to abort it. Yep. Or like, you need to elect another Democrat. Yep. Like, if you don't elect a Democrat. That's what I was trying to say earlier is that people who are opposed Medicare for all need to actually be giving a clear opposition like to what we already have instead of like this wishy-washy shit where it's like. We need a public Strength option. Strengthen the ACA. Like you need, you know, we're giving them a transition period to like keep private health care around until like everyone decides that they want to do the public option or whatever. It's like we want an actual clear politics, not like this fucking bureaucratic nonsense. I'm curious to know like what the private insurance companies would do over that ten year period. Like you know you have yeah. limited time. How does that affect your business? Jack your premiums up. Redouble their lobbying efforts. <laughs> yeah, that's <too>. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, our like, lives would get so bad. Like, they're already giving them plenty of leverage, so use that leverage to prevent this shit from ever happening. Yeah. <laughs> Kamala is a leader. She refuses to raise taxes on middle class families. She is concerned that the other Medicare for All plan, supported by some of her opponents on that debate stage, whether they will admit it or not, would seriously raise taxes on those making under $100,000 a year. Do people not understand that, like, the immense amount of money you spend on healthcare every year, like, compared to, like, the tax increase that you would have with a public option, would be, you're still saving yourself thousands of fucking dollars a year if, it, if you have to pay a little more in taxes for a public option rather than just dumping all your fucking mm-hmm. money into your deductible that you accidentally blew when you had to have fucking blood drawn once like it's insane like people are stupid it's it's they know that it would be cheaper like they know that they'd be paying less but they oh just... yes sue Dvorsky absolutely knows yeah like this you is fucking bullshit. know yeah. this like it's very very simple like you explain it to people and then just shrug their fucking shoulders like well, well yeah you'd have to be astronomically rich for it to even make a difference yeah, to you exactly 
So she found a solution that takes the burden off those families by replacing a middle-class tax increase with a reasonable tax on Wall Street trades. We need to make it easier, not harder, for people to access care. Uh, okay, I don't know how that's okay. related to the tax thing. <laughs> Agreed? <laughs> Kamala won't waver. Kamala believes getting to universal coverage is non-negotiable. It's what President Obama was aiming for. Uh, debatable. Leaving the American people short is a moral and economic disaster for American families. It's 2019. <laughs> it is 2019. They've got a Thank point. Thank you for that. Oh, my God. <laughs> so many fucking, like, platitudes. <laughs> the Democratic Party of today cannot, in good conscience, support plans or candidates that leave more than 10 million people without health care or keeps power in the hands of insurance companies like some are suggesting. That just won't cut it. May I remind you, Sue Dvorsky endorsed Hillary Clinton in 2016. <laughs> of course. <laughs> More than endorsed, we're like into. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big, big uh, campaign surrogates here in the state. Imagine being such a tool of the party that you would write this awful drivel <laughs> and being fully aware that it's a lie. Something I heard Kamala say recently really stuck with me. She isn't just running. She plans to govern. Don't you want a leader who listened and came up with the best solution with you and me in mind? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. That's like what a bot would make as a speech <laughs> yeah, for a politician. You know, where you feed them in the, all this footage of like different politicians. <laughs> they put not me, speeches. us through like Google Translate yeah. back and forth between like five different languages and then finally it came yes. out back to English. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Kamala's plan is not only realistic, I know it can garner broad support as people really dig into their options. No middle class tax hike, a longer transition, expanded coverage, and real choice. I want to stop digging into my options. I want to stop having to deal with my <laughs> options. I hate all of them. It's confusing. It's shitty. There's so much money oh, yeah. they're asking Again, me. Again, like what kind of person would actually be enthusiastic about this bullshit? <laughs> like... I have more things to be confused about. Someone who about makes and north like... of $200,000 a year household income, probably. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I can't believe it, how uninspiring these Democrats are. Just like in 2008, Iowa has an outsized role in this election. Kamala Harris's path is how we win this thing in November and get our country back on track. Her Medicare for All plan is smart, thoughtful, and drawn up with you in mind. Take a closer look. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Take a closer look. Is that the end of it? Yes. <laughs> I thought she was going to take us on a yeah, closer look. Yeah, me too. Look. I was like, okay, let's hear it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Almost no details there. Just like a 10-year transition, I guess, a tax on Wall Street trades instead of taxing, quote unquote, middle class families. <laughs> ding, ding. The word of the week middle class <laughs> right uh i want to read one comment on this article oh my favorite part two of them were or actually one of them is not supportive uh it's like this is not journalism <laughs> i mean it's not they're right no it's yeah. a fucking campaign ad <laughs> yeah okay harris is cutting staff in other states to ensure that she can get her message out in iowa because if she can win iowa she can move forward to the other states she's not out yet and the message of this piece is correct her health plan is the best option out there, and the one that in the general election could be palatable to moderate Republicans who oh, would like someone yeah. other than Trump to vote for. 
Oh, yeah. Moderate Republicans. Real things. Real things. We know Republicans. <laughs> how how likely do you think the Republicans in your life would be to vote for Kamala Harris? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mitt Romney did health care in Massachusetts. Yo. Yeah, Romney cares. And think about how popular he is in the Republican Party right now. <laughs> how he's president. <laughs> yeah. Hot dog I mean, for everyone. I, I like this article. It's like Obamacare had good goals. It didn't go far enough. So... Um, what we're going to do is we're going to do something different from Obamacare in the same spirit. We're going to start over fresh and then it's going to take 10 years to transition to (laughs) like, it's just never ending. Like we do Obamacare. It's a half measure, a quarter measure at best. Like (laughs) we're going to start over, uh, in eight years after we, you know, lose the presidency twice in a row. And then it's going to take another 20 years. It's going to take another 20 years, provided that, like, I I actually keep winning and the Republicans don't fucking, like, win again by fully embracing fascism. Come the fuck on. Not everyone you disagree with is a fascist. How is this realistic in any way in actually getting towards universal health care? It's fucking not. It's far less realistic than, like, Bernie's plan of like this is what we want and people are going to demonstrate <laughs> like and fucking take it you know the Nazis were socialists right <laughs> I mean the, the only Nazis reason we have the New Deal is because of labor unions and socialists and communists like it wasn't the fucking milquetoast liberals like the business class liberals yeah. who fucking got us any Dude. of the fucking benefits that they later for took credit for real. Like, give me a fucking Imagine break. how strong the all, like, the neo-Nazis of the world would get if we were then elected Kamala Harris. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> man, that's, that's a good point. That's bad. <laughs> they would, they're already, like, terrorist fucking fascists. And then imagine if Kamala Harris was the president and she, like, does austerity but is also black. Mm-hmm. So, like... You're never going to please these people. <laughs> like... <Nope. laughs> I'm not sure Don't why bother. you're still trying. It weakens every argument you make. Yeah, we need to reach across the aisle. Like, I, it's just, I cannot believe it. How is, like, there's no such thing as non-fascist republicanism anymore. There never was. Yeah, you think they're going to go back to a more moderate candidate after Trump? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they're going to, I mean, there's we'll going to be a lot of Republicans who Who's coming uh, next? are running way further to the right than they actually are but like (laughs) there's two paths the gop can take one of which is acknowledge that they have done irreparable damage to their party and start to move more towards more moderate like you know normal quote-unquote republican candidates or they continue the trump trend and just keep sort of getting buck wild yeah just get (laughs) more and more wild I'm, i'm thinking that i think that if they're smart uh, which I'm sure there's very well-read people that work for the GOP, uh, they would fucking try to wash their hands of this and fucking try to get more moderate. Even even more moderate than Trump is still bad, but, like, I don't know. I, I see them doing that. I don't I don't see them continuing the, the thing with Trump. I just, oh, I don't know, man. Like, and they, I mean, in order to appeal to the, like, Trump base, like, they which are going to have... Which is Tea Party people. Right, and, you know, they're rapidly going extinct, but, like there's no way you can win without those people as a Republican. So you basically are going to have to take the fucking Trump agenda and like... Yeah, but you're risking alienating people. You could look at Trump as being the last dying fart of the Republican establishment. You know, like, there's a lot of people that have kind of... uh, They're not happy about what's happened. 
I, I don't know. Yeah, it's really fucking hard to say where we go from here. And it's like, that's the whole thing about realistic shit, too. It's like, no, who expected we Donald Trump to be president no. in uh, twenty in November 2015? <laughs> like, give me a fucking break. Like, things happen. I called it on election night. Good for you. Well, not in November 2015. <laughs> no, fuck no, dude. He was getting laughed off the, he was getting laughed off the stage yeah. in fucking 2015. Everyone's writing articles similar star. to the articles they're writing about Bernie, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> about how his campaign is like weak and you know yeah constantly it's i mean the press the coverage is the same of like this time and well i mean they actually they actually gave trump coverage is the difference that is true because it's such a novelty they want to avoid talking about bernie as much as possible that is true it it is different but i mean none of this the point is that none of the pundit shit matters (laughs) like nope it really does word of it like i uh stop being sheeple wake up you, you just can <laughs> you cannot tell what's gonna happen so you can't like run on electability because yeah. you don't know what the fuck that yeah, is <laughs> these people do not know any better than you as an nope. uneducated yeah. <laughs> uneducated iowa farmer with a, a big wheat in your mouth like in your, <laughs> your teeth. A big wheat a wheat a big wheat a single wheat a unit a single of wheat, wheat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i meant this yep. this is this is we just read an article by a former iowa democratic party chair who has tied herself to a campaign that's polling at three percent they don't know any better than you yep. right <laughs> oh boy i think we've covered everything that i wanted to cover are you guys all <laughs> yeah. satisfied oh yep, yeah i'm good i got yes. i got football to watch in about eight minutes so let's let's wrap this up <laughs> okay <I> am... <laughs> Stopping Red Zone it. channel. How much File. money you got writing Export. on this weekend? Uh, Wait, Natalie. Hey, <laughs> you, are, you. you already stopped your recording? What? You already stopped the recording? No, I just did right now. No. <laughs> so you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to record like a outro. goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll let me. No, no, don't, no, don't, don't start again. No, don't start it again. Just leave it alone. All right. Uh, ha, thanks ha, for ha, listening. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> Again, send us articles from small local papers if you have them. I would love to read the opinions of <laughs> right-wing freaks in towns with populations less than 500. <laughs> Rockhardcaucus at gmail.com. Have a normal one, everyone. Goodbye. Shout out to all rural Iowans out there who are out yes. fighting for change. <laughs> we don't mean to slander you all, you know, paint you all the same brush. <laughs> Okay, now you can stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>